Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. This episode, we will be covering the North Division in both the NFC and AFC. Starting with the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. The offseason was dominated by what was going to happen with Lamar Jackson. There were some who felt Lamar was as good as gone, but Baltimore was able to satisfy Jackson's contract needs, and the world was allowed to spin on its axis freely once again. There is only one constant in this universe. Mike Tomlin won't ever have a losing record, but the next closest celestial certainty is neither will John Harbaugh, who only has two losing seasons in 15 years. Is there a stronger coaching duo in a division in NFL history? It hasn't played out great for the championships, but you know going into each season that the Ravens will be contending for the playoffs. With a new offensive coordinator and a retooled receiver room, it's anyone's guess as to how Lamar will perform. Worst case scenario is Lamar struggles with the new system, and the defense can't overcome the offensive shortcomings, leading to a third sub-500 season for Harbaugh. Best case scenario, is this a Super Bowl winning roster? Lamar Jackson is that guy, and in a one-game winner-take-all, you don't want to face him. Cincinnati Bengals. It's amazing what two years can do for a franchise. At this point in 21, people were wondering how Joe Burrow would bounce back after a torn ACL and if the Cincinnati Bungles were destined to be also-rans in a difficult division for many more years to come. Jump to today, where the Bengals are viewed as a Super Bowl contender and who some view as the favorite to win it all. They didn't get here because of Zach Taylor. They didn't get here because of Joe Mixon or an incredible defense. This team has elevated its prestige within the league because of Joe Burrow. The man who was sacked nine times in a playoff game and still led the team to a road victory. So you can't deny the collective breath held in Hamilton County and the rest of the country when we all watched that video of Burrow falling without contact. I fucking love the guy, and I love his confidence, but also his humility. What makes him a great leader is, he looks you in the eye, and he is you. He is all of us. He's the version of an athlete we all wish to be, with emotional intelligence to not be off-putting. He loves the game, he loves Ohio, and he wants to put Cincinnati on the map. And we are all in. In the last two years, he's turned himself and the Bengals into the embodiment of Dick Vermeil or Andy Reid, two coaches you couldn't help but root for to win it all because of their long history of not winning it all. And Joe Burrow has achieved that sentiment before he even starts his fourth year in the league. Worst case scenario, Joe's leg is a season-long detriment and they miss the playoffs. Best case scenario, Zach Taylor and Joe Cool are touring all the bars in Cincinnati with the Lombardi Trophy in tow. Cleveland Browns. Is Nick Chubb this generation's Jamal Lewis? If you don't know who Jamal Lewis is, you probably don't know who Nick Chubb is either which was really unfortunate because the dude has carried me in some of my fantasy football games. Now Chubb and the Browns took a step back once Deshaun Watson came back last year from his pedestrian suspension for administering a lifetime of mental anguish due to his sexual abuse, times 24. 
Karmically, the Browns shouldn't win another game for the rest of their existence in the NFL, but because karma doesn't exist, as made evident by old white career politicians, the Browns have a shot at great things this year. The problem is, well, it's actually hard to pinpoint, but doesn't this feel like a team that isn't going to be good? Miles Garrett is a beast, but this defense just doesn't have any clout. They've upgraded the receiver room, and David Njoku might have a renaissance, but the Browns as a team feels like the real-life representation of their helmet. Bland and forgettable. Worst case scenario, karma does exist, and the Browns don't win a game. Best case scenario, karma exists, but it's controlled by the devil, and the Browns make the playoffs. But Satan doesn't give a shit about football, so he's content with pissing off everyone with the Browns just making the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a lot of buzz coming into this season in Pittsburgh, and it can be hard to ignore. I'm not ignoring it, however I am skeptical. It's not because I don't love Najee Harris or George Pickens, because I do. It's not because I think Mike Tomlin is overrated, because he isn't. The defense is absolutely legit, but is Kenny Pickett the real deal? And I don't care what he's done in preseason. Is the offensive line good enough to protect him as he continues to learn? Can Tomlin develop a quarterback to success rather than take over one who already had achieved it? What's inspiring about this team is the Steelers brand has always embodied hard work and tenacity, and this team is no different. Worst case scenario, Kenny Pickett doesn't improve, and the Steelers have their first losing season in 20 years. Best case scenario, they make the playoffs as a wild card and can win a couple of games in the playoffs. AFC North results. No other division benefits from their schedule more than the AFC North, in which they play the AFC South and NFC West, two divisions which might have multiple teams drafting in the top 10 in Indianapolis, Houston, Arizona, and potentially the LA Rams. Without such games, Cleveland doesn't fare as well, and Pittsburgh is much closer to a losing season than a playoff appearance. I have this as a neck-and-neck race between Baltimore and Cincinnati, with the Bengals winning the tiebreaker. Pittsburgh comes in third and will be in the playoff mix, and finally, the Browns, the shit of the division. Their record will be more conducive to a team with playoff aspirations, but will be remembered for the fact that they are an immemorable team. The NFC North. Chicago Bears. There are plenty of make-it-or-break-it head coaches this year, but only a few quarterbacks in the same boat. One is Justin Fields. The Bears have made a strong push to put quality playmakers around Justin, and because of that, he needs to deliver. Now what do the Bears and Matt Eberflus need to see from Justin to move forward and pick up his fifth-year contract? Well, they can't finish in last, and they probably need to see a lower interception rate. Worst-case scenario is they are drafting in the top three as Justin Fields just can't put it together. The rebuilt defense can't gel, and Eberflus gets dragged for not drafting Bryce Young when he could have. Best-case scenario, they make a push for the playoffs. Detroit Lions. It's hard to ignore the two-year turnaround Dan Campbell has had in Detroit. Despite the world giving him shit for the manner in which he approached his first year, 
His players bought in and rewarded his high expectations from experts and pundits. You know, people who don't know shit. I am also a person who doesn't know shit, but my optimism for this team is tempered by Detroit's terrible defense last year. And despite making big moves in free agency and the draft to rectify the situation, I am skeptical it's enough to make the off-moribund franchise a haven for victorious platitudes. Or as Dan Campbell might say, can we stop fucking losing and start fucking winning? I don't necessarily like the drafting of Jameer Gibbs in the first round, but after losing Jamal Williams and trading frequently injured DeAndre Swift, Gibbs makes more sense for Detroit than Robinson in, in Atlanta. But he better pan out, because on a defense that needs starters and depth, a running back is awfully hard to justify. Worst case scenario. Jared Goff plays like we expect him to, and the Lions miss the playoffs, and finish third in the division. Best case scenario, the Lions give the Detroit faithful their first playoff win since 1991. Green Bay Packers. First thing I want to say is go to YouTube and search Tom Grossi. He's a Packers superfan and one of the more likable and earnest personalities on the internet. Over the summer, he visited the 30 NFL stadiums in 30 days, all to raise money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and it was one of the more heartwarming NFL fan experiences I've had the pleasure of watching. In Tom's own words, he described what it is to be a Packers fan coming into this year, as he has only known two quarterbacks in 30 years of Packer football. What has made the transition easier is the antics of one Aaron Rodgers, a giver much like Tom Grossi. Rodgers, so gracefully and caring in nature, helping playoff-needy teams experience success like the Giants and the 49ers and the 49ers again and the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Falcons and the 49ers again and the Buccaneers and the Niners a fourth time. Tom Grossi's charitable nature is no match to the great humanitarian Aaron Rodgers who has given life to so many since 2011. Worst case scenario, Jordan Love pulls a Trey Lance and isn't ready and the Packers struggle to stay ahead of the Bears. Best case scenario, Jordan Love is ready and with a strong defensive unit guides the Packers back to a North Division championship and continues the generosity Aaron Rodgers has shown the rest of the league in the playoffs. Minnesota Vikings. It's hard to think of another team in NFL history coming off a 13-4 season who likely improved their roster and coaching staff and still feels like a fraud. Going 11-0 in one-score games can't be duplicated, so even if this team is better than it was last year, it can't rely on Josh Allen goal-line fumbles or the greatest comeback in NFL history, which I will remind you they needed to be down by 33 points against one of the worst teams in the NFL. They had one of the softest schedules last season. They won't be so lucky or fortunate with a first-place schedule this year. Hiring Brian Flores to rebuild this defense was a big move, but it will take a few years to get it back to respectability after years of failed draft picks. Worst-case scenario, Thielen and Cook were bigger security blankets for Kirk than the team realizes. The defense is as bad as it was last year, and Kirk shows his age as the Vikings struggle to win five games. Best case scenario, well, what they did last year. They were 11-0 in one possession games during the regular season. So, 
best case scenario is they duplicate last year. <laughs> Good luck. NFC North results. The preseason hype for Detroit coincides with the overall weak nature of the division. Not making the playoffs might be viewed as a fireable offense for Dan Campbell, but at this point I don't see that being a concern as I have the Lions winning the division. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers start the first half of the season as, as a playoff contender, but struggle down the stretch and miss the playoffs, but still finish the division in second place. Minnesota gets overwhelmed by their schedule and finish in third, with Chicago losing the tiebreaker with Minnesota, but the team shows enough improvement to keep moving forward with Justin Fields. That's going to do it for this episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. Stay tuned for next episode when I cover the South Division of the NFL. Till then, be safe. <laughs>